0: Welcome to the Breaking New Ground podcast, hosted by Joel Pennington, Head of Product at VIM, where we'll explore new ideas and technologies that are shaping the places where we work, play, and live, both today and in the future. What does the British Royal Family, an architectural enthusiast, and the concept of faces have in common? We'll dive into it today in Breaking New Ground, a podcast brought to you by Vim. So here we are, episode one of Breaking New Ground. I'm your host, Joel Pennington, and with me today are two people driving radical change in the built environment with storied backgrounds. My first guest is a distinguished entrepreneur and American Institute of Architects honorary member, Errol Wolford. Joining him is Charlie Cicchetti, lead fellow CEO and co-founder at Sustainable Investment Group, a leader in the green building industry. Charlie comes with over 15 years of experience working with developers, designers, and building operators to produce green and healthy buildings, which have totaled over 56 million square feet. Welcome guys. Hey, Joel. Well, thank you, Joel. I'd like to start with Errol. So
1: Errol, tell us about the Royal family. Well, I had an opportunity to uh visit with prince charles in 2005 actually have a friend bill mcdonough and he said how would you like to go over to uh meet with prince charles and visit windsor castle my wife was with me and as we were driving home she goes that guy bill mcdonough he is out there even farther than you you know errol uh I don't know what he's talking about us going over to visit Prince Charles about. And he said, well, Prince Charles is into the environmental stuff. Paul McDonough's about it. I'm going to go ahead and be idealistic and hope that this comes true. Well, a couple months later, we're in Windsor Castle with Prince Charles and his newly announced wife-to-be, and were, sh- we're shocked because they had just announced uh, engagement that night, and he still went on with the show. So we had an interesting group there. There were six different couples with Charles and Camilla, and uh, one was uh, the president of Ford Motor Company. The other was visiting from Zambia, was the prime minister at Zambia. And there was another guy, Gerald Hines, uh, of course, from the United States. So it was it was a great group. And they had this guy, Mr. Brown, Michael Brown, and he was head of Exxon. And they were trying to score points environmentally because they had dropped a bunch of oil in the Gulf of America. And so he says to our friend there from Ford Motor Company, putting him on the spot, who is a culprit with the environment? And this poor guy looks at his shoes and he says, We are the building, you know, the the motor companies, the automobiles is the culprit. And he went to the next person and, uh, you know, pointed. And Michael Brown said, Who is? And he pointed at the guy from Ford and on down the line. Everybody pointing at the poor guy from Ford, blaming him for all this. And Michael Brown says, you are all wrong. It's construction. Construction is putting 40% of the CO2 in the world into the air and also using up about 42% of all the world's energy. We were shocked, and that was uh road to Damascus moment, uh, as described by Gerald wow. Hines. He said that shocked us, and we came back, to the AIA and we were on this committee for the AIA 150 and put out a survey and so we put out the survey thinking okay we're, we're a bunch of clowns we don't know what we're doing we're behind times we put out the survey and again the architects blamed it on automobiles Over over 40% said it was the automobile's fault 28% and very few less than 7% it was our industry's fault at that point we knew we had it to do something, and so this AIA 150 tried to promote this aspect that the culprits right now are the architects and engineers and contractors, but we could be the heroes. And I know that had a huge impact on me, and I think it had an impact on the American Institute of Architects. I do know Gerald Hines it had a huge impact as well. And so, Errol, uh,
0: did this kick off a new direction, a new passion for you personally? How
1: did, it, how did it impact you? It sure did. It, it knocked my socks off. I just couldn't realize I had been involved with Revit and construction market data, you know, kind of lollygagging around environmentally. And then when I realized it was our industry, I got a real passion for green and, and really felt that, well, we're, we're part of the construction industry, whether market data or Revit. And this industry has been very good to me. I better do some give back so in whatever way I can, I want to uh, try to help this. Well, having a mentor like Bill McDonough really helped because he's not short on words and ideas, so he challenged me to try to work on software that could possibly help this, i.e. my connection with Charlie Cicchetti, who's a master in this area. Well, let's talk a
0: bit about this connection to Charlie Um, and uh did but just before we get there uh there's this concept that you came up with Errol uh with um uh, a group in the architecture space called Faces and could you talk a little bit about that and how that led to working with Charlie
1: Sure I I act my wife decided when she was 46 years old to go back and get her PhD at Georgia Tech in architecture and she specifically chose a concept of holistic architecture, so in a sense, much like a holistic medicine where if you get a heart attack the you know the doctor just doesn't patch you up and, and send you away you change your lifestyle, she thought that was applicable to architecture, so in a sense, she was looking at things holistically and as I was observing that, I thought a holistic concept was a concept of faces, the function of the building, the aesthetic of the building, the cost of the building, the environmental impact of the building, and also the safety of the building. Those concepts have to be balanced out as we're, as we're doing design as architects as engineers, and as we constructed as constructors. So her PhD was really centered around that. So I think it's a a passion that we both have. I just came up with the phrase, she came up with the theory. That's
0: fantastic. So uh, Charlie, how did you get introduced to Errol? And um, how are you actualizing the concept of faces in your business?
2: Yeah, thanks, Joel. Um, actually, it was an industry friend that introduced us and Uh, Airline both being here in Atlanta, Georgia Seems like about every three weeks. We would either meet for breakfast or lunch and just he's become a great friend and and mentor and now we're doing some really cool projects together and just to see his journey from You know quantity surveying and really controlling the construction data to then the, the virtual world And then my world which is all things green buildings and now healthy buildings You know you could imagine Joel over a long breakfast meeting the ideas we could come up with so that's kind of how it all started over the last several years and it's just been a a great friendship and partnership so that's how we got to know each other at first um and just the environmental it's you know it's any business whether you're a solopreneur and you work from home or you're a large corporation you know you don't just need to have an answer for this like you know we're in the middle of this environmental movement here, and it's going to impact you and your business in some way. And, and clearly, I've I've made a career out of lead over the last 20 years. That lead's been around. I've been in this industry for about 15 now, focused on lead and green buildings, and I've just seen the uh, impact it's already had. So tell us
0: a bit about lead. Um, can
2: you educate us on what lead is and why it's important for us
0: to know about it and practice it?
2: Yeah, so the U.S. Green Building Council uh, that started in 1993, really the first lead projects were certified in the year 2000, so we do have over 20 years worth of lead projects, but if you're gonna get a lead certification for a building new out of the ground, you know, that's called lead for new construction or or building design and construction. We do that for some clients like Heinz, developers that have gone all in on pretty much anything they're gonna build out of the ground. Let's make sure we do it right. Let's make sure our building is less of an impact on the environment. And then as LEED evolved, Joel, you know, you can do LEED for interiors or LEED for schools or data center Now there's different product types that fit under the LEED umbrella. Another passion of mine though is to green up existing buildings and so we do quite a bit in large cities like Atlanta and DC and San Francisco and of course New York City where you can also retrofit and that's called LEED for existing buildings. But still LEED is all about it, what's your building's impact on the environment, and it's definitely a comprehensive program that you can go through and get that certification.
0: That's awesome, and um, tell me, how does this change the relationship between an owner and its building?
2: Sure, Uh, in some cases, you you do it because it's part of your corporate sustainability mandate, and others, you do it to reduce your operating costs, more value to your building if you have a LEED certification, And then, you know, there's also just market demand and and kind of marketing. It's this peer pressure, some tenants say you're an office building, a multi-tenant class A office building, some tenants are going to ask the brokers to only look at the LEED certified building. So a lot of different reasons to do it. You know, over the last several years, LEED has definitely gone down in cost. I'd debate with anybody at a podium that's only one to no more than 2% premium now to go for a LEED silver or a little bit higher certification on a new construction. Um, so we've really seen the education, in the marketplace, more credentials out there. And now that lead, you know, is doing about 2.2 million square feet every day. That's getting certified. You wow. know, we've all gotten a little more used to it. Yeah. And,
0: uh, so it sounds like prices are going down. It's, it's, it's being demanded by building owners, um, who want to attract, you know, uh, class a occupants. But um, does it also impact the overall uh, uh, CO2 output of the building, you know, going back to what Errol was talking about with Prince Charles, 40% of all that CO2 is coming from buildings.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. uh, There are some uh, line items, Joel, called prerequisites, so to even play the game you have to save energy. So if it's a new building, you actually have to do better than your local energy code by a certain percentage just to even go for an initial lead certification. And of course, the more energy you save, the more cars you get off the road, the more you reduce your carbon emissions related to that building, the more lead points you get. You can move up the scale from certified to silver on up to gold or platinum so it definitely ties back in. lead this lead rating system it's weighted based on carbon emission reduction and then you know setting aside a program like lead all of the mandates in, in major cities right now are changing the conversation to carbon and uh it's been great to have a tool like lead for 20 years that's now allowed us to really in the built environment more easily talk about carbon reduction Okay, so let's
0: talk about carbon reduction. Uh, who are some of these companies that are doing it the best?
2: Sure. I mean, uh, one thing that we all need to realize, is, and it's great that the United States is uh, signing back onto the Paris Climate Accord, but even even when we weren't, you next know, thing you know, Fortune 100 companies, of course, Microsoft and Google, in uh, large impacts like that, they too were already aligned with the Climate Accord and the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So don't think of just one building at a time think of these large businesses these large brands it's just in their corporate sustainability mandates they're going to do the right thing so there definitely are some great companies that are going all in on this across their entire portfolio some of the large real estate companies that we work with the most across their investment real estate are you know companies like morgan stanley and heinz and in new york city sl green the largest landlord, in, New York, uh, Paramount Group, New York, DC, San Francisco, and uh, even customers like PNC Bank. If they're building 30 new bank branches across the US, they're doing a LEED certification. It's just part of their construction mandates internally now.
0: Right, right. For the, uh, for the owners, that makes a lot of sense. Now, let's talk about the people that are working and living in these buildings, the occupants themselves. Um, as part of Errol's faces concept there's the um the there, there's like this underlying tone of well the building has to offer wellness it has to has to work well for the occupants and you know in, in increase and improve the the health of the occupants is the move to interiors with lead addressing that
2: Sure, yeah, Lead for Commercial Interiors is a great program, but we're still designing and building green while it does have an indoor environmental quality entire section where we wanna bring in fresh air and, and make sure we use least toxic materials. Those are best practices, we wanna continue to do that. But I think, Joel, that's a, a good segue to the last five to six years, there's new programs like Well and FitWell that have come on the scene to make sure this is a healthy space. This is a healthy building. Is this a productive environment? And then, as you can imagine, with the pandemic, now this is just really the main focus. Is this a healthy building or not? Mm -hmm. Remember, LEED is about what's my building's impact on the environment. And um, when we focus on wellness well or fit well, what's my building's impact on the people that are going to be in that space?
1: I know I've always been impressed with uh, Charlie and Bill McDonough and Paul Doherty, these vision people like Paul with the whole idea of the smart cities and Charlie and Bill, they all resonate around the idea that the environment and wellness will raise the productivity of the people in the building and their quality of life, which I think is really important.
0: Right. So let's let's come back to you for a second, Errol. Now, you're not an architect, but the AIA liked you so much, they signed you up anyway. So what happened
1: there? Well, I think it, I was blessed in working with 1300, 1,300 great people in construction market data, which included things like RS Means and Architects First Source. So in a sense, I was the figurehead for our group. And we really... We're all of us like architectural groupies, you know. So I, I think we tried to do a lot for the industry, uh, whether it was building, you know, homes with Keras or sponsoring the Accent on Architecture. But it was it was thirteen hundred uh, uh, architectural groupies if we weren't architects, and I got to be the figurehead. And I think the American Institute of Architects and the Construction Specifications uh, Institute, you know, gave me awards because I was leading a really good group of people. That's great.
0: Um, So, is it safe to say that uh, we have basically, we have Prince Charles to thank uh, for American architects, even thinking that they're responsible or caring for the environment?
1: Well I you know Prince Charles uh, really knows a lot about architecture I mean he gave two great speeches in the early 2000s to the to the um, American Institute of Architects and I know the first time they, they came in oh this guy hates modern architecture and he just likes the old way uh, but they were quite shocked when he spoke it wasn't just about old it was the environment and bill mcdonough and prince charles were very good friends so you could you could see the influence so i thought i think prince charles got a bad rap because it was like he was anti-modern which he Mm -hmm. wasn't so much for (laughs) modern it's true He, he 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 likes older buildings but i think too they missed the concept that in europe they're doing a lot better job of reconstituting the buildings that there and just to tear down lots of old buildings is not necessarily the way to go especially environmentally so uh prince charles was a lot more sophisticated and intelligent than i think a lot of people Realized, but when he spoke at the American Institute of Architects, you know, large firm roundtable, accent on architecture a few times, I think they became enlightened that he wasn't just anti new buildings and anti modern, but he was very pro environmental. Gotcha. Okay. Well, a
0: modern prince for a modern world. Um, Let's come back to you, Charlie. You've been opening our eyes to. Uh, to lead in what it was, as well as these new programs that have have really come to the forefront uh, like, um, well, can you dive into those a little bit more and, um, you know, educate the AEC pros that are listening to this podcast, how they can get started with something like that?
2: Sure. (laughs) Yeah, for the last five to six years we've had WELL, which uh, is now facilitated by the International Well Building Institute based in New York, and then we have FITWELL, F-I-T-W-E-L, which is a CDC-backed research program to really get occupants of buildings up more active and what's our overall wellness program. So we do get into HR policies and best practices and wellness programs, but we also still focus on the building, building systems, Bringing in fresh air, making sure now we have better water quality. You know, Joel, the analogy I like to give when I teach a class about this is, you know, whatever room you're in now, assuming you're inside, the lights above you, if this were a lead project, we want them to be energy efficient and we want to reduce our carbon emissions. But on a wellness project, we want to make sure we understand those lights and the circadian rhythm there, that's going to affect how we sleep tonight. So think more lighting, quality water, quality air. Quality And again, we start to use more words um, even within the real estate and the AEC industry about absenteeism and productivity and, you know, how can we really measure those things. So um, fast forward though to the pandemic, both Well and FitWell came out with pandemic response programs. Well Health Safety Rating, or Well HSR, is very policy focused. It helps buildings of any kind, a school that wants to get students back, or maybe an office building that wants to get office workers back. And it really can help validate, hey, did we do a good job with our pandemic response? Prove to that lay occupant of the building that you know what, this is a healthy building right now. Just We've gotta build up that confidence so everybody feels like, yes, okay, it's okay to come back to these buildings here's the proof. So there's the well health safety rating, and then there's the FitWell viral response module. So it gets a little confusing, but one more time, there's five to six years worth of well and FitWell projects. We've got clients doing both of those, but then the pandemic hits and there's these pandemic response kind of quick hitter programs that are thorough. And that's what a lot of our clients are using right now to prove, see, we did a good job with our pandemic response.
0: Right. I bet. I bet. So, and with Uh, vaccinations rolling out as quickly as they are, how are you seeing uh, building owners, um, facility managers leveraging Well and Footwell and these programs you just discussed to get people back in? How's that working out?
2: Yeah. Well, a lot of our clients say in New York City, we're ready for occupants to come back in about June 2020. But, of course, many companies have, you know, kept uh, the option to just work remote, continue to distance. But I think a lot will be coming back this summer, 2021, or we're hearing no later than by September. A lot of large firms have said, hey, we're going to start having a hybrid schedule. So, you know, everything from better filters, real-time air quality measurements now, maybe you get one of these certifications. Uh, even the elevator buttons, Joel, just antimicrobial, high-touch surfaces, four people per elevator. Just there's been a lot of new best practices added to make these buildings uh, safe to come back to. So so I'd say our clients right now, uh, they've been ready, but I think they're just working with each tenant, each company, and say a, a large office building. Uh, when are you going to come back? Are you going to phase it in? Hey, here's what you need to know that we've put in place. And then go ahead and tell that to your employees to build up their confidence. And heck, even in a competitive job market, make sure you list you're not just in a green building, but this is a healthy building. And uh, we can't wait to have you back.
0: Yeah, I got to imagine saying I have a, a green building that is also super healthy is going to be of critical importance uh, moving forward. And Charlie, is is this the idea of the healthy building, you know, maybe it's been amplified by the pandemic. But is this thing going to, is it going to subside or or will this become a mainstay in what occupants look for?
2: Sure. Well, before the pandemic, we were already seeing a really uh, fast growth in these new wellness real estate programs, I called it, um, with Well and FitWell. Actually, almost on a um, more aggressive trajectory than Lead. Remember, LEED's 20 years and then well if it well five to six but pandemic hits and so now they're just really really gaining a lot of popularity and understanding you know i think the pandemic response hey did we get our pandemic response right those will have a shelf life as the pandemic does go to the wayside but overall healthy buildings now it's here to stay it's the next chapter in the green building movement Um i really see this sticking around
0: charlie do the 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 well fit well the the programs that um your organization educates people on certifies them um, what is it like to work with organizations like the aia or the national bim program steering committee Um, do they have programs that work in concert with this or uh are, are they competitive or Tell us a little bit about what it's like to work with these other organizations.
2: Sure. And I'm a big fan of trade organizations. And and so I think a lot of times, um, you know, they're putting out the best practices. They're educating. Here's your options in the marketplace. So, Joel, programs like LEED, which is the U.S. Green Building Council's Green Building Program, and now WELL and Fitwell, it's two other entities. Um, you know, they're going to have partnerships with AIA and with BOMA and AGC and and all these great trade organizations, but at the same time, those trade organizations need to educate. Here's what you need to know. Here's the cliff floats. Uh, Here's where it's hard to implement and here's some case studies. So, um, you know, there's others that may come out with their own programs or rating systems, but when it comes to lead well and fit well, I think all of the organizations you just mentioned, they will definitely support their audience to follow these programs.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
2: Uh, Charlie,
0: what else should our audience know or learn about the type of work that you do to make buildings uh, work better for its occupants?
2: Yeah, thanks. Well, you know, we've seen a, a great uh, evolution even within our green building consulting and education companies from from LEED, again, new out of the ground, a tenant build out or an existing building to to, of course, always focused on ordinances and saving energy, reducing carbon. And we love to teach and train and help everyone pass a credential exam. We work with some amazing companies and young professionals on that. But we're making sure we're doing our part to bring some tools and some software to the green building movement, you know, for example, around embodied carbon, but also even during construction. How can we help general contractors track their energy, water and waste impacts and score construction site A to construction site B and and really help make sure, yes, we want to pick better materials that are less impact on the environment and the embodied carbon shift that we're totally seeing across the board, but also what about during construction? So we're spending a lot of time, uh, Joel, having a lot of fun right. with that part of it as well and just kind of the environmental data transparency and, of course, that's where we collaborate with you and your team at VIM as well.
1: Hey, Charlie, uh, you're being modest in the sense that your company, GBES, has graduated, I think, and helped 140,000 people pass the lead exam. Is that right? I mean, that's monumental.
2: Yeah, thanks, Errol. Uh, it is. We have helped over 140,000 people around the world uh, get into this green building career and and pass a lead exam or the new WELL AP exam. So we have helped a lot. It's great to go to a conference like Green Build and just you're talking to everybody and they're like, oh, I used your practice test, your class. That was amazing. And and so uh, really proud of our education team at gbes.com, Errol, and, and we have helped quite a bit of people. So thank you for that.
0: Awesome work, Charlie. and And, and that's resulted in millions upon millions of green, healthy square footage. For buildings
2: it has I think sometimes we need to zoom out a little bit uh, you know any of us with our work we can be so kind of in the weeds uh, and on that one project and, and we need to kind of step back take a deep breath and and zoom out and realize oh we're helping someone advance their career or we really add up the square footage and and work with these large brands or these large real estate portfolios and it, it really is a big <laughs> savings for the environment or you know we helped a school system kind of return their kids safely back to work, so it was a recent message actually Joel was given to my team is zoom out and and take a look at the good impact you're having because sometimes we're so in it we forget to kind of zoom out a little bit and tally it up and and that's exciting
0: absolutely.
2: Errol, tell us what's next
0: in your world around faces uh, being an architectural enthusiast and um whether uh, you think the, um, the move into uh, well buildings
1: um, is going to spur innovation? Well, I certainly think one aspect of phases uh, is the function. And when one looks at, let's say, hospitals in the United States, it appears about 15% of the people get sick at the hospital. This is pre-covid so something's not right there and when you look at some countries like norway and sweden it's less than five percent so something's off on the function quotient here i do believe uh COVID is an awful thing there's just no mistaking that but hopefully it's going to jolt us to realize we got to take this serious. So uh, when when we're designing our hospitals, function is very important. Aesthetics, it's very very important too. I'm a genetics major, and I I think uh, that architects are almost like genetically encoded to have great aesthetic capability. So they're already geniuses there. But that same genius and creativity needs to be applied to the function of the building, even the cost of the building, and uh, then the environmental impact and safety, of course. So I think the environmental impact uh, is going to be stressed a lot more because the environment and wellness. And again, the health and the productivity of the people in the building is going to be, so important, not just the initial cost of the building, but how about the people being happy and working well uh, because they have a good balance of, of oxygen and less you know, carbon and, and they have uh, good natural lighting coming in at that. I think that's that chemistry, that formula of balancing out the faces is going to be very, very important. And I'm excited that Vim gets to work with Charlie because Charlie is starting to take our technology and not only make a digital twin, but make a digital twin of the building as he's doing the commissioning and adding all that data into the digital twin of the building in order to serve the owner in a special new way. So for the future, I'm really looking forward to working with uh, Charlie and his sig division and the gbes division just to help charlie and his team be more empowered with the vim software as he creates not only great digital twins but gathers all that data as he's doing the commissioning and the rework and tuning up that new building and gathering all that data so it acts properly into the future
0: yeah absolutely okay charlie uh, we're almost out of time Take us home and um, and let us know what the next steps are.
2: Yeah, thanks, Joel. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, uh, just in general, I just want to give some words of encouragement to anyone that uh, might think they are just now getting into this green building or now healthy building movement. Still, plenty of work to do. It's a great place to make a career. Uh, with all the things that we're doing, though, yeah, make sure you do start with some foundational knowledge around lead. You may want to get your lead green associate uh, exam, pass it, have a professional credential. I think that's going to be a good starting point there. Um, you know, I know we're putting out a lot of webinars together, Joel and. And so just just go out and learn right now. I think especially with work from home, we've seen online learning really increase. So go learn more if you've heard anything today around LEED or WELL or FITWELL, uh, but there's still a lot of work to do here in these movements.
0: Awesome, thanks, Charlie. Well, there you have it, folks. If you're an AEC pro or uh, hoping to become one uh, or a building owner and you wanna do better for the environment, and the healthy impact that uh, buildings would have on its occupants, don't hesitate to reach out to Charlie and the great work he's doing. I wanna thank Errol and Charlie for joining me on this inaugural new Breaking New Ground podcast and showing us how Prince Charles faces green buildings and being an architectural enthusiast are all connected. Please join us next time, thank you.